the quantum mechanics. Yes, we are the quantum mechanics, and you are listening to the quantum mechanics. I'm back. It was a week away. Thank you, Peter, for um, holding holding the fort. It was a much needed holiday, and I am full of well, crab, fish, pies. Not really traditional uh, Cornish fare. Uh, pasties, traditional Cornish fare. But now I'm on a diet because. God, you can't eat pasties for breakfast and lunch and maintain any illusion that your genes will continue to fit you. <laughs> I have to say, Ben, um, but obviously people on the podcast can't see you where I can. <laughs> since since he's come back from Cornwall, Ben has developed an ectoskeleton. <laughs> he's eaten that much crab. I developed a pastry sweat, I can tell you that. Um, and I am on um, a strict diet. But it was it was really good, and it inspired me to put together an episode which has turned out to be a lot more complicated with a lot more f- sort of uh, ins and outs than I had imagined. Everywhere you go in Cornwall, you can buy, like, little... Um, I guess they're statues, little models of Cornish pixies. Um, and also there's a there's a whole load about Tommyknockers. And I thought, I really want to do an episode on Tommyknockers. I'm kind of obsessed by them. And then I started going into it and, oh boy, it has turned into me trying to acquire a specific book off eBay, which turns out to be incredibly hard to get to. A whole load of stuff. I'll come back with that next week but just to tease you tommy knockers are not what you think they are even if you cool. don't think they're anything <laughs> um they are little spirits very very similar to leprechauns but there's a whole super interesting backstory which i'd never heard before until i started delving into it so um i was going to do that this week but uh it, my research does require extra time specifically to try and acquire this book so I'll come back with that next week. Okay, well, no problem. I've, I've got something good for us this week anyway. Ace. But before we get into that, um, we uh, we got a message from one of our listeners, uh, Stuart, who has been, we've mentioned on the podcast before. Um, very exciting, Ben. We featured in a jot for I him. Don't, I don't think I've ever featured in a jot before. That's amazing. I know. Uh, you know, I, I, all of you must know now what jots are, but they're those kind of weird, strange coincidences. Um, so uh, I'll, I'll just read out the message he sent us. He said, this was a couple of weeks ago, he said, Evening, guys. I've just been listening to the Planes, Trains and Automobiles episode. So that was an episode we did a few weeks ago about uh, various hauntings on those forms of transport. He said, I had to get in touch about my very own jot. He said, as you may recall, I'm a Devon photographer and I specialise in Dartmoor. I usually listen to your episodes while I'm out and about on the moor because I tend to shoot sunrise, shoots his pictures. So being in such an ancient spooky place like Dartmoor in the dark is very atmospheric and your podcast helps enhance the spooky mood, which I love that. We'll We'll come back to that. He said, anyway, the other day I was listening to that episode, The Planes, Trains and Automobiles, and just had driven along the B3212, and I just passed Postbridge. So, and then he said, 
when the hairy hand story came on so this was a story we did of that road yeah where hairy hands come on and grab the steering wheel and crash cars uh he said yeah i was i was just past postbridge which we were talking about while he was listening when our hairy hand story came on he said i don't know about ghostly hands swerving me off the road but i was so shocked it nearly had the same effect <laughs> he said i lived in the area all my life and know the legend like the back of my not hairy so hairy hands hand. oh, right, okay. <laughs> nice I just wanted to say you nailed the story spot on proper job stay spooky oh thanks man yeah stay spooky yourself I'd be terrified of driving down that road because I've often said like this is just this has been my paranoia ever since I learnt to drive driving back through dark country roads in the middle of the night and you you have to check your rear view mirror. You just have to. And even if you don't have to, it's built into you. People who passed their driving test 30 years ago, you have to. And and I sort of do it with a squinted eye because I'm so paranoid about seeing something on the back seat that I don't want to see. And that hairy hands thing is just terrifying. So, yeah, I hope... I hope none of you have seen it, but I would like to hear from anybody that has seen the hairy hands. Yeah, good job though. Listening to us, it's a great job. It's a brilliant. Listening to us on the road where we talk about the story. Yeah, that would freak you out, especially if it's that spooky time of the day. It did also make me think, Ben, um, when we asked for people to put in stories and things. I thought of another thing because what I loved about that, not only the fact that there was amazing job is that he was listening to our podcast on Dartmoor, you know, at that time of the day. It's a spooky yep. time. It's a spooky place anyway. Yeah. And I, I, there was something amazing. I thought, oh, that's really cool. So I wonder um, if anyone's listening. Love to know the spookiest or the strangest place that you've listened to me and Ben on the podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. I often listen to them back... Um, in the shower, which isn't particularly spooky, but um, yeah, like <laughs> and, 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 it was a bit too much information. <laughs> so, well, I was, I was, I was going to say no. We'll just leave it there. We'll just leave it there. Um, but yeah, if you've if you've listened to it in a haunted location, if your house is haunted, yeah, and you've listened to it there, then that'd be great. I have actually listened back to an episode whilst in the haunted house when when i did that interview with lucy where she'd met the spectral nun oh yeah it wasn't in the house where she'd met the spectral nun but her house is a bit spooky and that episode was playing when i had to go and recently visit her about something else so i did think oh i wonder if uh, there's anything here but yeah i would love to hear the spookiest place that you've listened to us and in fact that gives me a great idea that's a great shout we should arrange a listener party for Halloween where oh, we will create a really spooky episode and then your job as the listener is to go and listen to it in the spookiest place that you can find nearby. Take a photograph of it and put it, put it on our uh, social. We'll, yeah. we'll come up with something. Uh, maybe we could do that as a live from our haunted pub. Oh, that's that a good are, idea. That we've done, you know, yeah, we go to the, the Cross Keys and do it there. Yeah, yeah, with Mrs. Tibble. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, well, look, let's get into today's episode. And uh, this really came about because a few weeks ago, we were lucky enough to have 
paranormal author and researcher Ruth Roper Wilde on the podcast. There's a couple of episodes back, well worth a listen if you've not heard it. Um, but one of the things we asked her is whether she's a paranormal writer and researcher and she keeps a database of paranormal activity, which is a great thing that she does. And we asked her whether she had noticed an uplift in paranormal activity during lockdown and the pandemic. Yeah. And she said she had, but she hadn't really thought about it. She didn't know whether that was because people were at home, had more time to engage and, uh, you know, send her messages via social media or whether it was an increase in paranormal activity. And that got me thinking, and I, I, I don't know, after the episode I thought about it quite a lot. I thought it's really worth finding out if there had been any variations, if, if paranormal activity was up or not. So I decided to do a bit of digging. Uh, I came across multiple credible sources in the UK and the US that seemed to confirm that paranormal activity did indeed increase during the pandemic and lockdown. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, So multiple sources. And just an example, there was one that really struck me because of uh, an angle to it, which I'll come on to. But one of the interesting articles I found was in the Irish Independent newspaper, And it highlighted that this phenomenon was not just limited to people's homes. They reported that Irish, there's a group called Irish Paranormal Investigation. They're one of Ireland's leading paranormal investigation groups. They reported that alongside increased activity in people's houses, they also saw a huge spike in activity at some of Ireland's most haunted historical sites throughout the pandemic. That's interesting. I I wouldn't have expected that. No, we'll come on to that. Um, Now, what are the reasons for this? Well, Anne Massey from the Irish Paranormal Investigation said, stepovers from the spirit world rise during times of societal trauma, such as a pandemic or a war. She says, from our perspective as a group, we've been getting a lot more contact from people, especially in their private homes. She believes more people are noticing activity. She says... It's twofold. More people are more aware of what is going on around them now and noticing these stepovers from the spirit world. So this is the bit that that I I found a lot of articles that kind of followed that line of this kind of increased activity. But this bit, this quote really interested me as it highlights it wasn't limited to just private homes. Macy says that they have noticed a surge of activity at tourist attractions such as Spike Island, uh, which is was originally the site of a monastery in the 18th century. It's a a well-known spot in Ireland. And a place called Malahide Castle, which is a castle that dates back amazingly to the 12th century. Which is just hard to comprehend. Yeah, it's really hard to get your head around that, isn't it? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah. And she'd seen an increase in activity. There'd been an increase in activity at those sites. She believes this is because there were no visitors there during the pandemic. She states... The other thing in respect of the touristy places is because people aren't constantly in there, the spirits, or whatever they are, have been given a chance to recharge, if you like. They re-energise and then react when suddenly people do go back into these places. Oh, I see. Right, okay. So that sort of goes along with that theory of um, whatever this energy or manifestation or whatever it is is it requires something like either human activity or elect- 
electricity or batteries or whatever it is to power it. That's that's kind of yeah. That's that sort of it sort of makes sense. I mean, I don't know whether that is stone tape theory or whether that is mm. conscious entities or whether it's both. Don't know. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I, I and the other thing I thought about was um, I think we've seen it from the Cross Keys pub with the landlady there who often says to us, or she just goes around the pub kind of clapping her hands and making lots of noise to kind of create a good vibe and kind of calm the spirits down. Yeah, yeah. It, it reminded me of that, that because there are not tourists in these places and it's quiet, it's almost, there is that, that noise and hubbub going on, so maybe they did recharge and yeah. the activity increased. Well, do you remember Nikki told us about that in, like, I think our second ever episode when she was having that spiritual uh issue and a medium said to her you should go and create a good vibe in there go and laugh in every yeah. corner clap bring joy into the house and that will diminish the the uh the sort of um, the negative side of it yeah definitely so yeah so so that's where i started and there's there's a lot of articles uh out there that basically state that yes the reports at least of paranormal activity during the COVID pandemic were peaked and people's interest in the paranormal also was an all-time high. Um, But let's have a look at some specific COVID-related ghost accounts from the US and the UK. Should we do that? Let's absolutely do that. (laughs) I am COVID positive that I want to do that. (laughs) Oh, nice. I see what you did there. We're going to start in America and an article that I found in the New York Times with the great title quarantining with a ghost question mark it's scary (laughs) (laughs) okay now this first story uh involves a man called adrian gomez who lives with his partner in los angeles in the article it says that adrian's first few days of lockdown proved uneventful with his partner they worked remotely took two mile walks each morning and refinished their porcelain kitchen sink I have to say two things differently in LA, Ben. I was eating pizza, drinking gin and tonics by lunchtime and watching <laughs> The Tiger King. <laughs> did you refurbish your porcelain kitchen sink? Uh, I did not. I spent the first week um, basically going to the bakery and getting hot sausage rolls because I could. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, not the two-mile walk then. Uh, anyway, one night, Mr. Gomez's doorknob started to rattle, in his own words, vigorously. <laughs> in his own words. <laughs> in his own words. In fact, it was so loud he could hear it from across the apartment. But when he checked, there was no one there. Not long after that event, Mr. Gomez was in bed when a nearby window blind began shaking against the window frame intensely. The window was fully closed and the adjacent window blind, so the one right next to it, was perfectly still. Interesting. Okay. That's That's going to, yeah, that's going to freak you out. Mr. Gomez wondered if it was an earthquake, but dismissed that as it was the only the one blind that was moving. He said, I very seriously hid myself under the comforter, like you see in horror movies, because it really did freak me out. It would. After this incident, Mr. Gomez and his partner said they could distinctly hear footsteps above their head while in bed, though no one lives above them. Oh, oh, that's scary, isn't it? So, so just so I'm clear, this all happens 
because, well, there isn't... I'm not sure if they're going to suggest a theory, but this this had not happened until they spent all their time in the house. No, they, the couple said they'd not experienced any paranormal activity pre-lockdown. Mr Gomez said, I'm a fairly rational person. I try to think what are the reasonable, tangible things that could be causing this. But when I don't have those answers, I start to think maybe something else is going on. Well, it, that ties into what you were just saying there about the person from the Irish Tourist Board, uh, sorry, the Irish Paranormal Investigation um, group. group, saying that it's about uh, energies. So yeah. they're obviously yeah. spending more time in the house, so there's more yeah. energy expended in the house, so maybe that's caused something. Or maybe there's something there which felt like part of the time that house was theirs, and yeah. now they haven't got that, and so they're just sort of exercising their right to use yeah. it. Yeah, well, we got, I've got a story actually a little bit later that, oh, that, okay. kind, of, that kind of is a bit like that. Uh, but in terms of... Uh, the possible causes and reasons. Uh, the article that um, in the New York Times went on to interview someone called John E. L. Tenney, who's a paranormal researcher and host of the TV series Ghost Stalkers, which oh. I'd not. Have you heard of Ghost Stalkers? I have, I, yeah, but I yeah. never watched it. I never. I think it may may not have come to the UK. It might be a US thing, so our US listeners may know it well. But. Um, Yes, so they interviewed the guy who was the paranormal researcher and host of that. I think from the little research I did, I think that's that um, series, I think him and his co-presenter had both had near-death experiences and were kind of expi- and decided to do a whole thing around the paranormal based on that, is my understanding, but our US listeners yeah. will know more. Um, so uh, Mr Tenney states that pre-lockdown, this is interesting. He would receive between two and five reports of haunted houses per month. But during lockdown, that number rose to ten per week. Good grief. Yeah. Interestingly, Mr Tenney says he has seen something similar to this before. He said in 1999, just before the new millennium, he noticed a spike in reported ghost, poltergeist and UFO sightings. Tenney believes, and I quote, it does seem to have something to do with our heightened state of anxiety or hypervigilance. And I, I guess you could read that a number of ways. You could kind of read it of, you know, people who are a bit more paranoid, so they're a bit more spooked. But it, yeah. it also made me um, think about tulpas as well. You know, you're almost creating this oh, yes. real thing. Yes, yes, yes. And... Yeah, because that's so tulpas. For anyone who hasn't come across that, it's they're kind of entities created by a thought process. So, in its most extreme, we covered uh, something where there was a fiction writer who was um, writing uh, like a story about a superhero, not not a Marvel common one, but he was inventing a new one. And then people who were living in his flat started seeing this entity that he was writing about because he put so much energy into the thought of it. But it does require, like, from everything that I've seen about Tulpas, it does require you to sort of start imagining this being. And it doesn't sound like they've been imagining them, but I wonder whether that sort of 
I wonder whether there's another way of looking at it, whereas they're, they're staying at home and they're probably thinking, gosh, I wish I was out. I wish I was doing what I was normally doing. I wish I could do this thing. And I wonder whether those actions turn into like a semi Tulpa, yeah, if you see what I mean. Yeah. So the footsteps are because they really want to be out. Oh, that's interesting. So it kind of solidifies that desire into something right. that manifests yeah. physically. Yeah. That's that's really interesting, yeah. Well, Mr. Teddy does go on to point out that a lot of this may be due to people just spending more time in their houses and noticing things they hadn't noticed before. He says, when the sun comes up and the house starts to warm up, the people are usually at work and they're not used to hearing the bricks pop and the woods expand. Hmm. It's not that the house wasn't making those sounds, it's just they'd never had time to notice them before, which hmm. I think is a good point. I, I think, And that reminded me a bit of when we spent the night in, the, in our haunted pub that we recalled in and looking for the ghosts there. We were in there at night going, what's that sound, what's that sound? And then yeah. both me and you would look at each other and go, I don't know what this pub sounds like when it's quiet. Yeah, so yeah, that yeah, could yeah. just be what it sounds like, right? Yeah, That's the totally. toilet kind of system filling up or yes, whatever. Yes, 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 yes. There, there was another great story in the article in the New York Times. We, we, I love this one. Features a ghost that did not react well to the changes imposed on it because of lockdown. <laughs> 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 like okay. a lot of humans did. But it's the story of uh, Janie Cowan who has been haunted by one particular ghost since her college days. So this is a ghost that's travelled around with her rather than that's associated to a specific house. Cohen, who's now now in her mid-twenties, calls her ghost Matthew. She believed that giving it a biblical name might make it behave better. (laughs) Could have had the opposite effects, but it's worth a go. It's worth a go. Uh, JD says that the ghost has travelled with her, now lives in her Nashville home. It generally makes its presence known by running up and down the staircase at night. Back to stairs, that's another theme we've had quite a lot of yeah. recently. Yeah, if it wasn't, like, like, people who live in bungalows, I wonder what happens. <laughs> what do their ghosts do? Yeah, maybe that's the, that's the, if you want less paranormal activity, buy a bungalow. Yeah. Um, Janie's husband, Will Cowan, believes the ghost is a bit needy. To quote Will, he says, it's very clearly out to get attention. When the pandemic hit and the couple were self-isolating, Mr Cowan started to use their guest bathroom so that his wife, who is a nurse, could sleep in without his morning ablutions disturbing her. Well, it seems the ghost, who Mr Cowan says prefers his wife to him, (laughs) which is interesting, (laughs) the ghost didn't take to this lockdown-changing routine. On three separate occasions, while showering in the guest bathroom, Mr. Cowan was unexpectedly blasted by freezing cold water. Uh, when I first read that, I did think, isn't that, isn't that just what it's like to have a shower? Every shower I have seems to have that effect. But. Yeah, yeah, you have to leave it on to warm up. <laughs> yeah, before you get in. That's like, we've learned that. Yeah, but Mr. Cowan insists that each time he checked the setting on the shower, after it went cold, the hot water nozzle had been deliberately turned off by an invisible presence. I mean... Or his butt. I mean, <laughs> possible, isn't it? It's possible. It's, it's, possible. Yeah. it's possible. I love the concept, though. I love this idea that it's like, I had this, I had her and this house to myself before you were in lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but the most ominous thing I can do is change the hot water to cold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so similar to the experiences in America, uh, the UK also generated a lot more paranormal activity and stories during the pandemic, uh, as was highlighted by an article I found uh, in the Mail Online. The title, Are You Self-Isolating with a Ghost? Oh. I like that one. It did include details, I didn't know this story, but it did include details of former One Direction singer Liam Payne, who was convinced he was sharing his London flat with a ghost. After oh, really? Exp- yeah. It says in the article, after he experienced banging noises in his bedroom. Insert your own joke there. <laughs> <laughs> I have several. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But the first story I really liked came uh, from Bedfordshire in the UK. I'm just going to quote the article because it's 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 kind of flows quite well. It says, It's evening in Becky Melvin's home, and after another hectic day of homeschooling, running her business and housework, she puts her feet up, ready for some peace and quiet, until the noise of footsteps above her head begins. From bedroom to bedroom, the upper floor of her early 20th century cottage in Sandy Bedfordshire creaks with the sound of heavy foots pacing. Mm which again is similar to that first story we kind of featured the kind of see. Mm. However, with both her husband and 10-year-old fast asleep in bed and visitors forbidden under lockdown rules, who on earth could be wandering through Becky's home night after night? 40-year-old Becky firmly believes that she and her family are isolating with a ghost. Forget the stress of battling for a shopping delivery slot or juggling Zoom quizzes and consider instead the prospect of living in close proximity for weeks on end with a spirit. We call our ghost Top Hat Man and he's shared our home since we moved in eight years ago, says Becky, who's an event planner who runs Becky Melvin's weddings. He's a tall man in a top hat, but we have no idea who he is or was. We know our house used to be a farm cottage, but his smartly dressed appearance isn't that of a farm worker. Perhaps he was a landowner, but his identity is a mystery to us. But this is the hat man, right? That was the first thing I thought. Well, there was two things that came to my mind. It was like, ooh, the hat man, because that is very similar to the description of the hat man who we featured on the podcast before got a connection with sleep paralysis with shadow people as well yeah um uh i also uh thought about the possibility of a tulpa there as well she's she got a wedding planning business and oh she's man she's manifesting a man in a top hat yes a morning suit yes yeah yeah oh oh i see oh that's interesting oh what an interesting thought yeah. Now, it's also interestingly, it was Becky's 10-year-old son, Cameron, who first spotted Top Hat Man as a toddler. Cam would sit and stare, sometimes pointing and jabbering at a certain part of the house, a little hallway that leads off the kitchen to the downstairs loo, she remembers. And as his speech improved, I'm assuming that's her son rather than the Top Hat Man, he'd talk about a tall man with a big hat. Other children who came to play here would go home talking about him too. At first I thought it was just Cam's imagination running wild. Then I began to glimpse the man too. He was like, oh, this is interesting, he was like a shadow at the periphery of my vision. Right. So the hat man is a shadow person. Yeah. Wow. Mm. In an instant he'd be gone, but I was sure of what I'd seen. 
Far from being rattled, Becky says the family has always accepted their ghost as part of the household. We've all seen him and heard him walking around over the years, but his presence has never been a threatening or mischievous one. But since lockdown began in March, Becky says she's noticed a perceptible change in Top Hat Man's behaviour. With all of us at home, the house is very noisy during the day. My husband Paul and I are working and taking calls. Cam is watching online videos for his schoolwork and we have a dog running around. Now I don't see or hear Top Hat Man during the day, only in the evening when everything has quietened down, which makes me think we're disturbing him by being here too much. He walks from the master bedroom at the front of the house to Cam's at the back over and over every evening. I'm sure he's wondering why we are here all the time, but it has definitely influenced when he makes himself heard. Just the other night, he was banging on the bedroom ceiling for several hours. Hmm. That's not fun, is it? <laughs> that really isn't fun. But again, uh, it's, in, it's interesting, the Hatman kind of conversations of that, the fact that it was her young child who saw him first, the child's friends have seen him. You know, really interesting. But uh, And also tying in with that kind of that energy thing of in, in this case because they're around at home all the time that it's not making its presence known until things quieten down in the house which is interesting as well yeah it is it is i mean there i haven't come across i don't think i've come across any uh i would say you know not traditional but any shadow man hat man accounts where it, you know it's um it's bashing on the ceiling all night that does sound like maybe it is a different sort of entity and and i really like your tulpa idea that that does make sense there yeah yeah well another homeowner who's observed the impact of lockdown on her paranormal housemates is christine watson she's the landlady of the fleece inn in elland west yorkshire the article says it's dubbed the uk's most haunted pub well, we've got something to well, say about that. <laughs> yeah, well, as Vic Reeves would say, quite a boast, quite a boast. Yeah, quite a boast, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I think there has been some, uh, some of the paranormal shows have filmed down there. Uh, so there may be a vested interest in this story, but we'll see. The landlady says, My husband Alan and I live above the pub, and apart from a brief period when we closed for a refurb, this is probably the first time in its 400-year history that the building has been so quiet, says Christine, 60, who's been running the pub since 1993. It's always been a hive of paranormal activity, but since lockdown we've noticed even more goings-on. In the past, I spent most of my time in the bar, but now I'm in our apartment all day. I hear footsteps and voices in our bedrooms and halls, even when I know there's no one else around. Last week, our TV switched on by itself from standby. We're used to things like this happening, but it feels more unnerving now that it's just us and the dogs. Recently, she says a CCTV camera picked up footage of an internal door swinging back and forth for over an hour. There were no drafts that could have explained it. Uh, as well, they saw orbs, balls of energy, and shadows moving around. I did have a look for that video, but I couldn't find it. Christine believes her ghost, which ghost hunters and psychics have told her, includes a little girl called Eleanor, who likes to play with balloons after a party in the pub. 
There's a shepherd who lived there hundreds of years ago and once trashed a storeroom. There's a young motorcyclist who died in an accident in the 1970s. Uh, And they are all these ghosts, she says, are missing the bustle of pub life. I think they're wondering where everyone is. The function room is one of the most haunted areas. The spirit of a man called Harold lives down there. He's a cantankerous sort who enjoys scaring guests by grabbing their necks and rushing them out of the room. Now when I go down there, there's a very malevolent atmosphere. It's as if he's unhappy and lonely. Well, it didn't sound like a great spirit anyway. <laughs> yeah, before that. But I think it's, it's, uh, there's a little bit more to this story. But before we get on to that, I, I, in context of what we've been talking about, it's interesting that in some ways their activity is increased because it's quiet. So it's back yeah. to that theory, isn't it? Like when it was a pub and oh well it was still a pub but when it was a, a pub that wasn't shut down due to the lockdown that uh, there was activity but it was less but now it's quiet it seems to have increased or they're noticing it more but yeah i was going to say presumably there's an element of if there are punters in if you got staff in then an open door or footsteps, they just don't get noticed. Yeah, yeah. It it, it all blends into the general atmosphere of what's going on. So, I mean, that's probably different for people, you know, the the previous case you were talking about. But again, if you're not at home, well, they were saying they were hearing the footsteps at night. So, yeah, Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's it's it's, it's harder to come up with that as a rational explanation. But, yeah, yeah. Well, clairvoyant and spiritualist medium called uh, Carrie-Anne Robbins says it's not surprising that people may be aware at this time of not being alone in lockdown. Now many of us are at home all day, we have more time for reflection, she says. There are fewer distractions, so we're more responsive to energies around us. At a time where many of us are very frightened and anxious, it's understandable that loved ones who've previously passed over into the light will return to offer comfort Although, having said that, most of the stories I could find weren't... I, there wasn't this theme that it was a loved one coming back. It was more a random ghost that they had no connection with. So, um, There is a, a, another story from Kerry Ashby, uh, who's, whose lockdown has helped her feel less nervous about sharing her 17th century farmhouse in the Hertfordshire hamlet with the ghost of a dairy maid. I work from home running my business, uh, which is a flower shop. Uh, So usually during the day, it's just uh, the ghost of me, she explains. There have been times when I felt a bit spooked, especially when my husband Paul has been away overnight with work. I've dreaded opening my eyes and seeing her in my bedroom. She walks to the landing and knocks on furniture in the smallest of the three bedrooms, which is always freezing despite the extra heater we put in says Kerry. Uh, Now Paul is here too, along with my mother and youngest daughter. I feel less nervous because we're all sharing her company. Kerry moved into her house a year ago and knew from the outset it was haunted. Just after we bought it, I was in the main bedroom with a friend who'd come to see the house and the heavy bedroom door suddenly slammed shut, she remembers. After that, we began to hear footsteps and knocking, as well as seeing orbs flying around. One evening, Paul ran from the house after seeing a shadowy figure walk across down the stairs. 
A friend of a relative who's a medium was able to tell me that from a photograph that the ghost of a dairy maid lives here. She loves the house so much she stayed, but she's happy we're here too. At such a times of change and uncertainty, hearing her around the house is actually comforting in its familiarity and I feel much more at ease now. So I guess for her, <laughs> it's been nice to have the company <laughs> by the sounds of it. Uh, yeah yeah um i mean yeah the company the company i mean i suppose a milkmaid isn't particularly challenging doesn't sound very evil just sounds like it is what it is yeah yeah well that that's the uk stories uh i found a nice one in scotland i I wasn't gonna read it actually but i will because of what you mentioned earlier about uh kind of tommy knockers and mischievous spirits oh Um, yeah so I will. Uh, it, this involved uh, a musician uh, called Caliph, who's 40 years old. He moved from London to Edinburgh. Uh, so Edinburgh in Scotland uh, says it's one of the most haunted cities in the world. It's probably true. Yeah. W- within 48 hours of moving, he realised that he and his partner, Sarita, were sharing their new city centre apartment with a third party. He says, on the second night, I watched a large sideboard unit shunt forward by a couple of inches. Which, that, that, that's strange, isn't it? He said it was completely of its own accord. For the next couple of weeks, we heard bumps and bangs every night, knocks on the windows, and sometimes in the mornings, things had been moved. We both felt uneasy. There was a bad atmosphere. And of course, we couldn't go anywhere to escape from it as we were in lockdown. Matters came to a head in late March when Sarita woke from a vivid dream, this is really interesting, in which she was shown a word she had never seen before. The word was Trowie, T-R-O-W-I-E. They said, we googled it and it means the dwelling of a trow, T-R-O-W, a spirit in Scottish folklore. So I think trows are a bit, it's a that kind of Celtic folklore, they are a kind of mischievous, they're part of the fairy folk kind of folklore. So it's a nature spirit. Nature spirit, yeah. Right. He said, we learn the trowels come out at night, create mischief and are drawn to musicians. So this guy is a musician, which is true. There's there's these legends of these creatures basically kidnapping musicians for their entertainment, which I think is quite weird. Um, <laughs> Sounds like North Korea. Yeah. I, it, was a distur- it was disturbing thinking that we could be sharing our new home with something menacing. We took advice from a friend who is more of a believer in the paranormal and they su- suggested scattering salt in each corner of every room as well as playing loud. I guess that's playing his music loud. Mm. It's been a couple of weeks now and all has been peacefully, peaceful since. We're grateful because lockdown is hard enough without sharing it with a mischievous spirit. <laughs> cool, that's interesting. Gosh, so it's a it's a self it, well yeah it's a self aware spirit announcing itself. Well, I thought the really interesting bit is she had this dream where this yeah. weird word that she'd never heard had come come in, and they googled it and went, "Oh my, that must have been a freaky moment, right?" I bet she's good at t- Wordle. Yeah, and you spell it T R O W I E. I'll just do a Google. So it'd be nothing. <laughs> oh, it's a mischievous spirit that kidnaps musicians. Ah, yeah, that is weird. That is weird. Um, I mean, there are different ways of explaining it. Like they once read that word and didn't 
cognize it. But yeah, no, that is a good story and um, and peculiar. Well, again, I've, all these stories so far have been the, from the US and the UK, but other countries have also experienced an increase in paranormal activity. And I'm going to move on to a story which has a mixture of poltergeist activity and is a little bit like a jot as well. Okay. So this involves someone called Madison Hill, who was riding out the pandemic with her boyfriend who lived in an apartment in Florence, Italy. If you're going to be in lockdown, that's not a bad place to be. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the place to do it, yeah. Uh, you probably need air conditioning if it was the summer, though, I guess. Miss Hill, a writer and teacher originally from North Carolina, has always had her suspicions about her home, particularly the bathroom. There was a sense that someone was watching her, doors slamming, towels inexplicably on the floor. A few weeks into quarantine, she woke up to find something on a nightstand that she that did not belong there. It was a camera lens, one she'd brought from the United States but lost when she moved in. Oh, that's jot, jot all over it. That's proper jot territory. She'd long given up hope of ever finding it, but here it was. Since then, other small objects, including a set of keys, have moved to strange new places inside her apartment. The reappearance of the camera lens in particular struck her as a mischievous, playful gesture, perhaps even a thoughtful one, suggesting that this could be the perfect time for Miss Hill, who majored in film and college, to pick up her old hobby. Thought that was interesting. That is very interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I get it. I always reminds me of that the uh, the story that we covered about the uh, travel clock. But I like the idea that she completely lost this thing. It's that strange thing, isn't it? If you found it in a drawer, you wouldn't think anything of it. But when you've lost this thing, and it turns up on your bedside table, yes. either you know, and by implication, if she's in lockdown, the only one who could be playing that trick on her is her partner, which seems like a pretty of a weird thing to do. Yeah. So yeah, 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 I thought that was a very credible story. Yeah. No, it is, and it, it's. It's exactly the same as how all of those other jots go. The um, the missing necklace, which suddenly appears right in the middle of your pathway in the garden. The yeah, missing travel yeah. clock replaced by another one and then re-replaced by the original back in your bag. All of these things. But also, it's, it's, they're so mental But because you go, well, why? Yeah, what is the, the point? point? What yeah. are you doing? Why, even if you're a trickster, what are you doing that for? Yeah, I, I, I liked her description, though, that, you know, in some ways maybe it was say, hey, you should get back into photography or filming or whatever it is. And, you know, almost get, this is the perfect time. It was almost like a message to go. Unless her boyfriend was really fed up with them moping about the house. <laughs> Thought, oh, I'll give her the bloody lens back. I'd rather her doing that than just annoying me, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. That is weird, though. Yeah, but brilliant. I mean, it's a, it's a very positive thing. But again, it's always the why. Yeah, yeah. So, from my research, it seems Ben that both believers and doubters of the paranormal agree that there was an increase uh, in reporting a paranormal activity during the pandemic, for whatever reason that is. Uh, so I wanted to close by giving a kind of believer's and a doubter's viewpoint of why this might be the case. So let's start with Alan Murdy, who is chairman of the Ghost Club of Great Britain, who's a ghost hunter and a barrister. 
I thought you were going to say he was a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) Ghost hunter and barrister. Right, okay. He, He says spontaneous psychic experiences, for example, apparitions and disturbed dreams, frequently seem to be associated with events of emotional significance, including crisis and periods of transformation. He says, often people who claim to have seen an apparition will say that at the moment they experienced it, their mind was relaxed and they weren't thinking of anything in particular. It could be that with people currently at home and less to distract them, this is making them more receptive to these experiences. That's an interesting theory. Um, Equally, it's important to consider that for many people, emotions are currently running high. In those cases where someone believes there is an unexplained presence in their home for the first time, it could well be anxiety and stress manifesting itself as a sense of unease that they're not alone. So, yeah, and we get on to there's also Professor Chris French, who is head of animalistic psychology, a research unit in Goldsmith University of London. He's an author of a book about the paranormal. He says... There's always a substantial level of belief in different levels of society, but the thinking is that it tends to increase at times of stress and uncertainty. So this is belief in the paranormal. He said there's been Trump, so this is in the UK, there's been Trump in the US, Brexit in the UK, and along comes COVID. He points out that paranormal interest in Germany during the Second World War and experiments by psychologists showed that if you in- if you increase people's feeling of being out of control of a situation, then you get an increase in what he says, quote-unquote, magical thinking, superstitious beliefs and unfounded conspiracy theories. When loved ones die and there's been a lot of death due to COVID and lots of worry, people think about death and dying a lot more. So then there is more interest in reincarnation and paranormal as they appear to provide evidence that death is not the end. Uh, yes, and there was also an article yesterday, I think, in the Times about um, because of this period of uncertainty in the world, then there's, I think they framed it as being a more narcissistic thinking. There's there's more of a, um, not necessarily belief, but an embrace of uh, sort of uh, not, not just conspiracy theories, not your QAnons, but also a lot of people burying themselves in fantasy fiction mm. and and also f- sort of fantasy, perhaps reality, like Wicker and stuff like that, because they're looking yeah. for something else. But I think what Chris French, because I read a lot of his stuff, and, you know, he's he's obviously got all the credentials, but I think what he consistently avoids is tackling head on the people who have seen these things and report the actual uh, outcomes of these events he's he's talks about magical thinking in a way where it's just like oh well you know i believe in this now and that is that magical thinking of like post the first world war uh there's a there's a an increase in people getting involved in ouija boards and stuff and people put that down to oh well we want to talk to our lost loved ones and um Mm. dead fathers sons or whatever and that's you know that is completely understandable and that is uh that's a hypothesis that seems to make sense but it doesn't make any sense to say it's magical thinking if you're being woken up every night 
mm. by a hatted entity banging on your ceiling. That is yeah. not magical belief. That is yeah. a fact. Yeah. I well, they're Also, the quote about um, Germany in the Second World War, it doesn't kind of point out, in, at least in the quote that I saw, that, you know, also the Nazis were obsessed with the supernatural and the paranormal. So it yes, would... Yes, I it, believe it, a very it, reputable podcast <laughs> has done a episode a thing on, on that. Indeed. And so, so they're, they're, you know, that would influence how that society would look at it just by that presence. Um, I also wonder, you know, that if you went a psychological route, you could... I also wonder if there's a feeling when you're feeling isolated of whether it's tolper activity or just your imagination or something coming in where you want to have connection with something... Mm or other people or you know so the bit he says about conspiracy theories do increase during these times of tension you can see that because it's almost the community of being together no matter what the conspiracy is of joining together as a group of, of finding kin, kindredship let's say mm. and, uh, and that could also be the case in terms of uh, the paranormal stuff that on some subconscious or tolper type level you want connection with somebody even if it's a quote-unquote spirit mm. yeah 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 no that that does make sense yeah but either way it does seem to be there's some themes here that everyone agrees whether they're believers or doubters in the paranormal firstly there seems to be a general agreement there was an increase uh, or at least reports of paranormal activity during the lockdown and interest yeah, the the other thing I thought, which it, it doesn't matter what side of the fence you are, there was the anxiety going on, there was the isolation, there was an increased focus on illness and death, whether that managed to almost spike or create the energy that caused more paranormal activity or uh, a psychological effect, like a kind of mass hysteria in some ways that created it, I don't know. But there certainly seems to be agreement activity increased or reports of it increased and people's anxiety and isolation may have something to do with that from both sides mm. of the fence mm. yeah yeah that does that makes sense because i think a lot of people's anxiety went uh into overdrive because you you're almost having um uh, an enforced psychological sort of condition of agoraphobia in a way yeah and and that makes sense but i think the other way to look at it the non-chris french way of looking at it is what occurs to me is either there's an unwritten sort of agreement with the spirit world where they occupy certain places when we're not occupying them and that had changed and that had in been sort of interfered with in a way or whether, and this goes back to what you're saying about a tulpa, whether these things manifest out of our own beliefs, desires, fears, whatever, which kind of falls back into that um, thought that, you know, uh, poltergeists tend to uh, be associated with girls going through puberty. Mm. And there's this idea that 
the sort of uh, psychological confusion that they're going through, the girls, not the poltergeist, that is, and the difficulty of, of entering adulthood f- formulates or attracts some kind of entity. And some people go on the lines of these things are just manifestations of mental uh mental conditions and uh, and thought but yeah but we because they're so hard to test and they come with a whole load of baggage with them like chris french who you know some people will fall hard on the no this is all just imagination and perfectly explainable and then on the other side it's like no 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 these are these are spirit beings from the other side or manifestations and it's really really hard to try and find empirical evidence to make these things um you know come up with a conclusion or at least even a working hypothesis of what these things are and i think that's what adds to their fascination but also the continued frustration of the paranormal we will do this podcast until our dying death breath but we will never ever ever get a solution to any of it i'm certain of it never yeah yeah i think i think go back over the stories that we featured i the i think the top hat man one really stuck with me because i was interested in the fact that obviously by their thoughts of what it why this entity was wearing a top hat in their home you know their their logic that well it can't have been the farmer maybe it was the landowner that they obviously didn't know about the idea of the hat man or shadow people yet they describe a man in a big top hat and shadow people in that story i think is really interesting yeah and i think the thing about see because the hat man has become a thing like if you look at just do a search on it you'll find it and it, it seems to be a subgenre of the shadow people but i ju- i do think that what she's coming up with is it does sound something different it sounds to be more present and more uh more cantankerous than the hat man although the hat man does go along with people describe it as a malevolent spirit or a malevolent yeah. being yeah there, there is just something interesting about that, especially when it comes to shadow people. Like you know, we 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 did that our version of the Mish Paris thing last week, and I always stuck with me that Monet on that described these shadow people, but she'd never heard of the phenomena, yes. knew nothing about it. Yet she was able to describe that in a way. We go, well, that's a thing. You know, that's a thing, right? And she's like, no, I don't know. That's a thing. I know nothing about it. That those kind of twists in stories always make me go, wow. Okay. It's a bit like everybody having the same vision in sleep paralysis. That makes me scratch my head, even though I don't necessarily think that sleep paralysis is paranormal. It, there's that little bit that goes, that is weird. Oh yeah. And, and that carries on to, um, drug experiences people who take ayahuasca people who take lsd they often describe very very similar but peculiar entities but um you you know some of the descriptions of those entities are so bang on across continents and people who have never met each other it's it's kind of fascinating and i i sort of wonder whether some of these things aren't like um 
an, a conscious expression of something that we know unconsciously you know you've just made me think of that like if those things that are coming out from um, drug experiences if they aren't real if they are coming from us internally then maybe we are and this goes back to the Tulpa thing maybe we're willing them into existence mind you I, it is it's hard to understand why you would will into existence something that would annoy you um, but then the other day I had a dream that I invented a new flavour of chewing gum and that was annoying me because I couldn't do it in real <laughs> life so you know <laughs> what did, yeah, you don't know what it tastes like nope no idea at all and in my dream I couldn't work out what it was but everyone was raving about it and going this will be the next big thing and I woke up thinking I'm going to be a millionaire and then wow. I just yeah I, I had a dream about a mischievous spirit the other night as well, which was quite weird. It was one of those where you slightly wake up and you think you're still asleep. So there was this this, this dream going on and um, I can't remember the, the thrust of the dream, but I woke up and there was like, there's something over in the corner and then there was this kind of mischievous laugh and this thing ran off. <laughs> oh, it was quite spooky, you know. When you go, oh, and I kind of fully woke up and went, "That was that was weird. That was weird." Don't think it was. I think it was just a dream. And I did realise that when we do this this podcast, we've got all these things going around in your head that have got to come out somewhere. Maybe. Oh yeah, you do read a lot of books and a lot of stories, and um, yeah, yeah, they do. But, they do come. But through. on back to the, I like the other thing I liked about this was the this kind of theory about the quiet, the energy the tourist places where as it became quiet the activity they managed to recharge and kind of come out and it was interesting there was a quote in one of the stories at the pub about the tvs turning on and i had that incident the other week but it was yeah i was here on my own and the house was probably quiet <laughs> for the first time in quite a long time because there's always somebody around but it was just me under the headphones editing so there is something weird about that kind of something about the quiet of if you believe that these are a paranormal entities of like in some way it's quite cute they feel safe to come out when it's quiet <laughs> yeah yeah that's very true that's very true but yeah again what is the worldview which enables these things i have i have no idea yeah well i think we've 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 proved that that question that we asked ruth that there has been an increase in reported paranormal activity it seems something more than just people have got more time to report it people have had specific lockdown experiences of the paranormal during the covid pandemic so be really interesting uh again if anyone out there has noticed this we should probably ask the landlady at the cross keys whether she's noticed something similar with the pub did mm. where while it was in lockdown and the place was closed did she was there a change in the paranormal activity that she experiences there it's probably yeah. worth a chat yeah so yeah anyone's got any pandemic lockdown tales where they think yep it's paranormal related and it came clear because of the being in lockdown and being at home. We'd love to hear those. Yeah. And also if it isn't just, um, spirits around your house, if, um, it's for example, a UFO type experience mm. that you hadn't had before. I, because, well, I, I started looking at it and then I thought, you know what? 
I'm going to wait until a different time to cover it. But that since the Ukrainian war, there has been an increase in UFO sightings in right. Europe palpably. Um, I just don't think it's in the best taste to do that now. But no, um, in, in a future time, we'll, we'll yeah, look we at that. Yeah, we should look at that. Because you could argue that people are probably just looking at the skies more and noticing stuff. Then there's well, some yeah. stuff there, yeah. Exactly. But I, I have uncovered a couple of uh, sort of Foo Fighter type cases, okay. which I think is interesting. interesting. So maybe, maybe the world is just going through a really weird time at the moment. And that is making... As some people would say, the veil thinner, or as other people would yeah. say, our imagination richer. It's it's yeah. it's got to be one of the two. Well, that would be interesting to do because it kind of carries on. Because obviously, the stories I've featured today were uh, pre what was going on in Ukraine. So uh, yeah, it would be interesting because that's another level of you know uncertainty and and weirdness in the world. So yeah, cool. So um, you're going to be bringing your tommy knockers next week eh? i will um <laughs> uh, for a man of my age um <laughs> it, it's uh if it, to be fair if you want to do a little bit of homework just go and look up tommy knockers tommy knockers are not necessarily the stephen king version of tommy knockers i was they, gonna say that they're, they're the ones that eat time right they've got nothing to do with the uh, no, the real Tommy Knockers don't, because I think in the Stephen King film, and it's been years since I've watched it, I think they turn out to be aliens, don't they? I think there's a UFO. So. Uh, they get they uh, they they eat time so for some reason. I can't remember why. It's it, it was a delicious. really great concept, but not necessarily the best of movies. Was my my recollection but there's there's a joke in there about after eight minutes somewhere, but I'm not <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure what what that is, but. Uh, no, t- Tommy Knockers are a a small spirit which lives in the mines of Cornwall, and then when Cornish miners went over to the states, their legend went with them, and therefore also the sightings and such. And I I started looking at this from the very much like what are your Tommy Knocker stories, and then that led me to. Roswell, it led me to secrets, uh, secret airships. And then I got led to this extraordinary book published by the US military in the 1950s. We shall be looking at that next week because I've been working on it every night for 10 days and I'm still not done. So <laughs> right. um, I, I, I well, need to formulate it into something that will fit into an hour for you listeners and not bore you. But um, just Google a Tommy Knocker and um, we'll discuss it more next week. Yeah, get prepared. Great. All right. Well, um, thanks for listening. As always, like, subscribe, follow, do everything you can. We really appreciate review, it. Review, unless yeah. you're going to give us a bad review, in which yeah. case don't review. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, we'll see you uh, next week on The Quantum Mechanics. Thanks for listening. See you then. Are you The Quantum Mechanics?